Mara, we don't hear you. Mara, star one to unmute. Can you hear me now? Indeed. Go right ahead, please. I'm sorry. Thank you. Good morning. And welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, July 12th, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 66, the bottom last paragraph. This was our course. And we'll be reading through three paragraphs, ending on page 67. We're willing to set these matters straight. Reference numbers. Excuse me. The reference numbers for yesterday I have as Tuesday, July 11th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 10138. And the 10 a.m. meeting, 10140. And those are Eastern time. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'll now ask Naomi B., to please read the 12 steps. Hi, good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yes, thank you. Oh, thank you, Maura. Thank you for your service. Good morning, fellow visionaries. My name is Naomi B., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we are powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, 
made a list of all persons we have harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge for his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi B. And I will now ask Julie S. to read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Hi, good morning, everybody. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Okay. Hi, this is Julie F., compulsive overeater from South Florida. Okay, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, excuse me, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles principles before personality. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Julie S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. And I believe there's someone in the background who's typing. If you could please make sure your uh, phone is muted, I would appreciate that. 
Thank you. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 66. Bottom paragraph that was, starts, this was our course. We'll be reading through three paragraphs, ending on 67, with we're willing to set these matters straight. And Irini, would you please get us started? Yes. Thank you so much, Maura, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, for always taking care of all of us. This was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended We said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done. We avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. Referring to our list again, putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done, we resolutely looked for our own mistakes. Where had we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? Though a situation had not been entirely our fault, We try to disregard the other person involved entirely. Where were we to blame? The inventory was ours, not the other man's. When we saw our faults, we we listed them, we placed them before us in black and white. We admitted our wrongs honestly, and we were willing to set these matters straight. Yes, setting these matters straight. My name is Irini, and I'm very grateful. With the grace of God, I am recovered. Thank you, God. So how am I going to be as God would have me be? From having a mean spirit, being irritable and impatient, and having a very difficult personality to change, and to change 180 degrees, and to be kind and tolerant, and to practice compassion, to be able to stop fighting and start loving and accepting others, to start living in my interior life to be connected with God, to be helpful to others, to give and not take, to live our real purpose, you know, as it says on the top of page 77, is to be of maximum service to God and to all of you. This is the transformation from selfish 
to selfless. This is the beginning of change. Setting things right from wrong take, you know, takes a lot of courage and power. We are pausing and we are starting to be honest with ourselves and we are asking, praying for help to change, to see what the truth is so the truth can set us free from this bondage of self. Before the steps, I didn't know how to be honest, how to be truthful. I was riding my emotional roller coaster without a stop button, and I took everyone with me. I was stuck and buried in the darkness of my thoughts. Uh, It had a hold on me. My emotions ruled me, and I was drowning in my own polluted thoughts, and I couldn't breathe. I was emotionally immature, and I wanted it my way all the time. I was selfish and I was self-centered. I was stuck in my own quicksand. I needed a new attitude. I needed a new way of living. I needed to breathe God's breath and not mine. I needed to be saved from me, myself, and I. I had to look into the mirror and see the truth. Where have I been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? And I dare not look at the other side of the street. I dare not point the finger. I dare not blame nor justify my actions. I had to be vigorously honest and see what was coming out of my mouth when I was dealing with others. What kind of attitude was manifesting towards them? What body language did I hold up? Were my eyes rolling every time someone spoke to me? And the list goes on and on and on as it does after recovery. In steps 10 and 11, always taking inventory, always weighing and measuring my thoughts. Which thoughts do I entertain and which thoughts do I discard? Which thoughts tear others down and which thoughts build them up? Why this inventory every day? To stand right from wrong, to do thy will, not mine be done, because God's principles in all our affairs to have emotional sobriety so we can be joyous and free. Thank you so much. Thanks be to God for this program. I pass. Thank you, Amy. And so who would like to share on what was read this morning? Tina S. Okay. (laughs) J. Larry. Hang on, hang on, Charles H. You guys are killing me. Harlan G, Larry K, Charles H. There were some ladies in there. Tina S. Tina S. Nessa R. Reba P. Reba P. And we're going to stop with Reba P. Because then we have a... Special announcement. So this is what I have, and I'm sorry if it's not in order. Harlan G, Larry K, Charles H, excuse me, Tina S, Nessa R, Reva P. Harlan G, would you please get us started? I sure will. Thank you very much, Mark, for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. This is the specific instruction for the fourth column in the resentment inventory. Beginning with referring to our list again, we're going to put two things in this column. The first thing we're going to put down 
is what we did to set the ball in motion on the resentment that had been plaguing us and killing us our entire life. And then we're going to look, it says resolutely looked. Resolutely means with purpose. Look for our own mistakes. And I said when I looked at that, gulp, I never did that before. I was always focused on what you did. I never focused in on what I did because I had justifications for what I did. And the more I replayed those resentments in my head, the more dastardly your part became and the more innocent my part became. And then it says here, where had I been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? Oh, boy, I had to hold up the mirror instead of the magnifying glass. And I sure as heck didn't want to do that. And as I went through that fourth column on resentment after resentment after resentment after resentment, I started to see patterns in my own behavior that let me know for the first time who I really am. Now, I want to jump over something here and get to something quickly. Some people on this line right now, I'm guessing, have resentments or harms that were done to them. Not Well, they have resentments too. But they had harms done to them that they had no part in. There are people on this line that have been abandoned or abused by the people that brought them into the world. There are people on this line that have been raped. There are people on this line that have been molested. There are people on this line that have had horrible injustices done to them. And they had no pardon. And so they're looking at this and they're saying, yes, but I have no pardon. But what I'm charged to do in this column is to ask myself, haven't I carried this around long enough? Isn't it time, even though I don't have a part in this resentment, to let God have it? Am I going to let those people kill me? Am I going to let them reach out to me from the cemetery? Am I going to let them reach out to me for my dark days to go past and control the amount of chocolate turtles I eat today? Haven't I given those people enough control of my life? It's time to set these people free. It's time to destroy the jail. Every jail needs a warden, a guard, and a prisoner. And I was all three. And as long as I was all three in these resentments, I was going to continue to eat because there was no other way to put out the emotional fire. This column is vital for my survival. I have to look at it honestly. And with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Harlan G. Larry Kay, it's your turn, and then it'll be Charles H. Boy, we got way too many men here, right? (laughs) 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 What's going on here? All right, let me start my timer. Larry Kay, uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, You know, uh, it's interesting. We're all broken by something. You know, we get here. we, 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 We have all hurt someone. And column four asked me, you know, again, as Harlan said, well, you know, one of the things that asked me, what did I do to set the ball rolling? You know, this, let's remind ourselves, this is a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. You know, and, and if I'm going to be ultimately of maximum service to my higher power and to others, 
there's going to be there's there has to be some type of transcendence here and through the transcendence that the 12 steps offer we learn that each of us is more than the worst thing we've ever done you know the if i'm going to have compassion for myself i'm going to have to own my mistakes through this fact facing process resentments are going to keep me tethered to the very person i resent they own me and i will remain tethered to them until i can be given relieved of those resentments which i can't do myself i've tried to do that myself so can i offer compassion for others when i'm violently judgmental towards myself because you know for human beings self self loathing runs very deep runs very deep and I, and i would say for me owning up to my mistakes with with courage and honesty in step 4 was perhaps the only way i would ultimately rebound from my disease of self why because it was the very beginning of becoming unblocked from the sunlight of the spirit you know you shine a light on a dark alley it's funny all the rats scatter and that's what this process is writing out this inventory wasn't necessarily meditative for me but it helped me quiet myself and reflect and to reflect means to think carefully about to contemplate to turn over in one's mind in step 4 we get to put words to meaning and reflect on it we turn feelings into words thank god for this process without a past thanks thank you larry k charles h it's your turn and then tina s thank you very much martha z for your service charles h will recover compulsive over here I want to speak to this line where it says there was a situation that had not been entirely our fault. We tried to disregard the other person involved entirely. Who are we to blame? You know, I want to speak to a situation that, um, you know, I thank you, God, for for these wounds because the as Larry said, the the wound is where the light come in at. If I never have any wounds, I don't need this program. I don't need this 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 process, right? So I'm going to tell you that I do work hard in this new career, and you know I wanted to do service, and I was doing service at a meeting. The meeting starts at seven. I get off at four. It's hot. I already put ten miles in at work. They slave me and work me like an African donkey, and uh, and it's three hours in between the meetings. So we get to the meeting. The meeting's great. We crack open the big book, and and we have a business meeting after that. And and you know, okay, cool. Business meeting goes good. We elect officers and all that. Then after there's some, you know, some extra time. And meanwhile, I got to get up at four in the next morning. I'm resentful, but I was playing the martyr. No, not there's two definitions for a martyr. Not the person who was killed because of their religious or other beliefs. The first Christian martyr. No, I was the person who displayed or exaggerated my discomfort and distress to the fact that we almost, I we didn't. Well, I mean. The, I, I made people feel guilty, and that's wrong, right? It, you know, I exaggerated the situation. Over, yes, I'm tired, but I'm up, and I invited God into this thing, right? I gotta expose my wounds to y'all to let you know. Just because a person is recovered, don't mean they're not gonna have self pity or, or resentments. I'll take you to page 15 real quick. I was not too well at the time in Bill's story. 
and was plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. This sometimes nearly drove me back to drink. But I soon found that when all other methods failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. Many times that I've gone to my old hospital in despair, on talking to a man there, I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. It is a design for living that works in rough going. Now, was it a little rough? Yes. Was I uncomfortable? Was I tired? But I, I, God um, gave me life so I could live to testify the story today to let you know that just because I claim recovered don't mean I'm not in self-pity. And don't mean I'm not selfish, and don't mean I'm not dishonest, and don't mean I'm not afraid, but I do have a design for living that works in a rough going. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Charles H. Tina S., it's your turn, and then Nessa R. Thanks, Maura. Uh, Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. Wow, some great stuff. Some getting to the, the meat here, you know. The transformation comes about when I when I do some work, and and I, and it tells me in this last paragraph that we read that we're looking for three things: we're looking for wrongs, we're looking for mistakes, and we're looking for faults. We're not looking for parts. And you know, because for a very long time I was looking at, at your part before I was looking at mine. Today I'm just looking for my mistakes, my faults, and I'm putting the wrongs that you may have entirely out of my mind. That's the instructions that it's given me here. You know, it's where we're really to blame. The inventory was ours, not the other man's. You know, then I have a shot here, you know, and then I put them, I put them down on paper. We place them before us in black and white so I can see it, not that I can just think it, so that I could actually see it on paper. You know, and then I'm willing to set these matters straight. You know, there's some work to be done. I look at myself, so therefore that I never want to be that person again. And what can I offer to God myself so that he can change for me, you know, this old broken person for something new. And, um, you know, what a great, great way to start, you know, because this is the start. And then there are steps, you know, 5 through 12 after this, you know, and then the fear inventory and the sex. But this is some stuff that I really had to look at. And a lot of was shared about, you know, all those things that I am, selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened. Always unless I'm inviting God in so that I have an opportunity to be something different, to be something that he would have me be, not that is a default mechanism on my part for survival. And so, you know, the good news for me is I never have to be that same person again, and I have a shot to be the woman that God would have me be. That'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Nessa R., it's your turn, and then it'll be Reva P. Hi, thank you very much. Good morning, Vision for You. It's Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And um, I like uh, these two passages. Putting out of our minds the wrongs others have done. Uh, we try to disregard the other person involved entirely. Because for so long, for so long, I blamed other people for my... Um, needing to compulsively overeat for my overweight, for the poor quality of my life. Um, you know, I, I uh, waited for my external circumstances to be perfect so that I could be thin, so that I could be happy. And, of course, that didn't work. That didn't work because I cannot control anything that's outside of me. You know, I cannot control other people, places, things, situations, you know, they're entirely out of my reach. 
you know, and the only um, solution for me then is to accept, you know, those uh, people, places, and situations as they are, you know, as it says in the, um, in the, in the story in the back of the book, um, acceptance was the answer, you know, but I wasn't accepting it. I was putting blame on all those circumstances. But what this, tell, this is telling me is it doesn't matter what other people have done. Take the focus off of other people. That's why, you know, the, the, the step four chart that we um, fill out is progressively taking us away from what the other people did. You know, columns one and two are focused on, on the other people and the circumstances, but columns three and four are focused entirely on me. And, and especially column four tells me, you know, what my mistake is. And, you know, it could be that in a situation I was just a, an innocent bystander, but hey, guess what? This is my life, and therefore it is my responsibility to uh, find recovery, to make it the best possible life I can have, to find that peace and serenity, to be able to get through it without having to compulsively overeat. And what this is telling me is that people don't have to behave the way I want, and things don't have to be perfect according to, to my perspective. Uh, things don't have to progress according to my agenda in order for me to be happy. What has to happen is I have to let go of those resentments. I have to um, be transformed into a selfless, honest, um, fearless um, person who's only aim is to be useful to others. And this is why I'm doing this work, so that transformation can take place by first opening my eyes to the true nature of my misery. You know, because my misery doesn't come from my circumstances. My misery comes from within. And if my misery Fine. comes from within, thank you, my happiness also comes from within. And that is very empowering because that is something that I can do something about, and it behooves me to do something about it because it is my life, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa R. Reva P., it is your turn. Hi, good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. When I first did this step and got to the fourth column, I didn't know what to put there. I couldn't see at all, that I had a part to play in anything. And this is the step where I start to be turned around. You know, I'm realizing that I don't have power, I need a power, and I make a decision to do the work, and I can't remove blocks if I don't know what the blocks are. And I really didn't have a clue. And when my sponsor started guiding me through this uh, selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened, I was shocked. Um, and yet it was also a relief because this is the part, you know, the beginning of the process of the inventory, which is four to nine, where I start to learn that nobody in the world and nothing in the world has to change for my experience in life to change because the only thing that needs to change is my thinking. Um, and I have to be careful when I put out of my mind the wrongs others have done. That doesn't mean I'm condoning and saying what they did was right, because some of the things were not right. Um, but it's just saying that's the way it was. And if I can't change them, um, and you know my anger is killing me, the only thing I can change is me and how I look at it. And um, 
The analogy that works for me is I have worked with people with brain injury who often have visual field defects, and when they look straight at something, half of their whole visual field in each eye is totally blocked. They can look straight ahead and not see what's right in front of them, so they'll like have half a plate of food because they can't see the whole other half. All they have to do is turn, turn their head, and all of a sudden the whole half of the world comes into view. And all I'm doing here is like slowly turning, you know, four is the beginning, and I have to go all the way four through nine, um, and then 10, 11, 12, slowly turning and looking at things from a totally different point of view. And then I can start taking responsibility um, for having a whole different experience. Um, so I just find this process amazing. Um, and I'm really grateful because otherwise I stay in my quicksand and dig deeper and deeper till I kill myself. With that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And now we will pause for a word from our sponsor, Janice M. Well, good morning. Will we see you in September? We have heard recovery many a day. Now we will have a surprise party to see recovery. The faces with the voices. I know I was at many a convention and very surprised. Where do you, where you ask, is this going to happen? At the Liberty International Airport Marriott in northern New Jersey. And uh, when? When? When is it going to happen? September 15th, 16th, and 17th. That's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And why are we doing this? Well, our vision for you presents the power of the Big Book Convention 2017, an extraordinary opportunity to learn how the 12 steps can free us from the bondage of recovery. Now, how do you register? Well, check out our website, www.avisionforyou.info. That's www.avision4, Y-O-U, four is the number, dot info. Now, just a reminder that we have a deadline to register, and that's coming up August the 24th will be the deadline. So we still have time, and there's nothing like doing it at the present. And on that um, website, you're going to see a bulletin board, and you're going to find a roommate if you need or share a ride, and you're going to, you can pick, even pick out and, and copy flyers to bring them to your face-to-face -face meeting. And um, so see you in September. Bye-bye. So long. Farewell. Thank you, Ms. Janice. And I will see you in September, and I certainly hope to see all of everybody else. Okay. Who else would like to share in what was read? And before you get started, let me just remind us, for anyone who came in late, where we are reading today is the bottom of page 66. This was our course through three paragraphs ending on page 67 with we're willing to set these matters straight and we're commenting on 
the two paragraphs on page 67. So, Laura. star one, who would like to share Laura? Laura, Laura DJ, Leia M. Laura W, Leia M, Monica T. Melissa and I know I missed somebody in there. I got a Laura. DJ. Matt M. DJ. Matt M. Let me tell you who I have and we'll stop, we'll stop here. Laura, I don't know your last initial, Sarah W., Raya M., Monica T., DJ, and Matt M. Laura, go ahead and let us have your uh, last initial, please. Hi, can you hear me? It's Laura. Yes, your last initial, Laura? It's S for some. S. Thank you. Okay. Please go ahead. Thank you. My name is Laura S. Over eater, um, uh, not that anonymous, but overeater and a compulsive overeaters in quantities too. Uh, I'm in the program for kind of a year and back, uh, but I never followed the instructions before I reached the bottom last July. Um, uh, I'm in another program for 17 years, and uh, I tend with my sponsors and my sponsees to be very, uh, okay, what happened in the past, you know, it's not your fault. Of course, it's not my fault if my father raped me, I mean, uh, every week. Yeah, that's for sure. And I heard here, and that's very true, that now I have the choice to remain the victim or to take my 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 life uh, in charge and to be happy, free, and joyous as much as I can, with the help of my higher power. That's the beauty of the program. I think I've been um, chosen by God, if I can talk like this, to do that job. However, when I read uh, these pages uh, concerning Step Four, uh, it's really hard to digest some uh, some. Uh, Things and especially when I'm I'm confronted to the page and the columns. Uh, yes, I'm very resentful at, at someone who wanted to kill me, not my father, uh, recently, who hated my guts, who uh, pushed me to suicide, um, who uh, had left my me my who I have to left my husband for us, my stepdaughter. And uh, yes, she's to blame, and I had to protect myself, and uh, living was the, the alternative of suicide and faith. And that's how I discovered the program of OA. Nonetheless, when I do the list of what my part is, uh, it's hard not to forgive, but to say to myself, you know, I've been a victim in the past. I don't want to be a victim in the future. So I've got to put that person far away from me. I have to set healthy boundaries with that person. Otherwise, I'm going to sink with her uh, jealousy and cruelty. And she's not perfect either. She's a sick person, that's a fact. But to help her now, I can't because I would sink with her, drawn with her. Uh, and it's not my job anymore. I did my best part. And uh, so I'm very torn. And uh, that uh, in the big book, which was written in the early th uh, 30s by man, um, I'm not sure that vulnerability is very present. We are vulnerable to people who 
really tortured us. Um, although I was in the middle of my food uh, binge and uh, I recognized my part, I mean, I was I, I was a bee myself. Uh, so it, I'm very torn. I don't. I want to protect myself from these people. Uh, so that's it. I'm sharing my doubts and uh, I, I actually I, I'm in the middle of my fourth and uh, I woke up yesterday night. And I mean, a reminder. Yesterday. Yes. Thank you. Uh, saying that I having I am. I had a panic attack for the first time in so many years and certainly uh, not drinking, using, or overeating. So thank you very much for letting me share. Thank you, Laura S. Sarah W., it's your turn, and then it will be Maya M. Good morning. Thank you for your service. My name is Sarah W. I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, Okay, so... um, I am grateful to be here on the line. I'm grateful to uh, to be a member of Overeaters Anonymous. The thing I was thinking as we were reading is how important it is that we really have a solid foundation before we start to do this fourth step. Uh, that I've admitted my powerlessness, that I've surrendered, that I do believe that uh, there is some power greater than myself, uh, that can restore me to sanity, that I do believe that this program can work for me, and that I've made this decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand God. Um, I think that piece of the program is extremely important to have in place before we start this. I never like to share off of other people's shares. What other people say is what they say, and I don't want to take that away. But I have been a very shame-based person, and I had to be very cautious that I didn't berate myself with this step. That what I see is, and I heard a little bit of that today, and I think it's important, that I can have compassion for that person that did certain things because those were survival mechanisms. I probably would have killed myself had I not had the food to deal with the issues that I had. On the other side of the, of the coin... I cannot come to my full fruition, to all that I can be, if I stay in the food and if I don't do these important steps. But when I do my uh, resentment prayer, which is what that piece of it is, I have to put myself in there too. I am a sick person, not just the person I'm praying for. I need to realize that I have to have compassion for that person that was me and that is me. And that's how I will gain much more compassion for other people. It's extremely important for me. And I really do believe that as I want to be of service to other people, God will show me how to take a kindly and tolerant view of everybody, of everybody including myself. It's not a a beat-myself-up step, and I really have to remember that. And as far as the last column, I always follow, you know, I I stick in some other things like expectations, unreasonable expectations, um, inconsideration, uh, intolerance, judgmentalism, uh, jealousy, uh, into that piece of the inventory and then I try to follow it up always with what are the assets that I can live in because if I don't follow it with the assets I have nothing but the defects to be looking at and praying for and I do have to take action 
And the action for me would be to try to live in the assets to the best of my ability with God's help. Thank you so much for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Y M. It's your turn. And then Monica T. Thank you very much. You know, <laughs> I just want to say that uh, these action steps work. You know, we talk about abstinence dates, and, you know, certainly that's important. But the date I would like to give you, but I can't, is the date that the anger went away, that the rage went away, you know, that the resentment went away. Um, this work, the Step 4 inventory, particularly um, Column 4, you know, prepares me to look at my thinking, my uh, belief system from an entirely different angle, and that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, through this work and someone in whom the problem had been solved, um, the angle was shifted and I got a new vision and it was God's vision and I just kept pressing into the work because feelings are irrelevant in the spiritual realm I just kept pressing in and again I wish I knew the date you know when these resentments particularly you know a few of them uh you know were were very um it was like tentacles rooted in my very soul the marrow of my bones were rotting um because of this resentment and rage and uh, this process relieved that. You know how we talk about don't push my buttons? What if the program of recovery eliminates those buttons? And that's exactly what happened to me in this area and throughout. My, it's like my buttons are removed through this process. And freedom isn't free. I have to press into this work. You know, these action steps are designed to do what food used to do. I used to seek uh, food, those the contents of a cellophane bag and a bakery box, for ease and comfort. The program of recovery removed, lifted that resentment, that rage, um, the self-loathing, and, you know, allowed me to have a new vision, and that was God's vision, because love and hate cannot exist on the same plane. One of them is going to have to be predominant. So, you know, the the tolerance, um, the faith, the, the love began to come in and replace all the negativity. The process, the resentments were cleared out, and it was replaced with love and patience and tolerance and compassion and goodwill. And, you know, I'm still around these characters, let's say, um, but I have only positive feelings um, and compassion rather than um, the rotting of the soul. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Leah M. Monica T., it's your turn, and then it will be DJ. Good morning, Maura. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I'm a recovered compulsive operator privately in Vermont. So here we are in the chapter, How It Works. And we are get, being given some very explicit directions here of how to do our turnarounds, uh, the turnaround part of our fourth step inventory. 
But I first wanted to point out how with the, the sick man's prayer, the angry man's prayer, the four-step prayer, whatever you want to call it here, we're, we're, we're starting to turn a little bit. You know, we're saying this prayer. It's starting to bring hopefully a little bit of compassion in me that I can, I'm starting to think about, well, you know what, maybe they're sick too. You know, I'm a real sick puppy here. Huh? I don't know, maybe they are too. And, um, you know, so bringing in a little compassion and a little humbleness here, you know, knowing, learning that I am sick too. We avoid retaliation. We avoid revenge or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. Here again is that little theme of compassion. Now, somebody's sick with cancer, well, I can be nice to them. Well, why can't I be nice to you, you know? If, um, and then it says, you know, say the prayer, God will help us. And then we're given some explicit directions, referring to our list again. What list is this? The original list I've made of people, places, or people, principles, and financial things that were resentments for me. So I'm going to go back to this list, and then I have to turn this around and look at me. How was I selfish and um, dishonest? And you absolutely have to have a guide to help you do this. Somebody who has gone through this process before you. Because this is tough work. You know, I couldn't see that I was honest. It was everybody else's fault. They were the ones. Um, but the situation, again, they're telling us, the situation had not entirely been our fault. We tried to disregard the other person involved entirely. And that has been said earlier by Harlan. You know, some of us have experienced some major harms. We are not at fault. But how do I turn this around and look at this differently? Well, if I played victim for 50 years, which I did, you know, that was only hurting me. I'm the one here that's binging my brains out. I'm the one that's in pain. So how do I turn this around? So I can look at it differently. Well, answering these questions was a big start for me. I finally started seeing, you know what? That person was sick. Really, really sick. And um, where were we to blame? You know, what did I bring to this party? What's my part here? Have I carried on with anger all these years? Have I done this? Have I, you know, have I, have I blamed you? Have I continued something? You know, the other person probably doesn't know a thing about what's going on. I'm the one that's hurting. I'm the one that's in pain. They don't care. So what am I going to do? I'm going to list my fault, and I'm going to answer these questions. It says in black and white. I am going to write this down. How I was Gentle selfish. reminder. And I thank you very much. Thank you, Monica T. DJ, it is your turn, and then it will be Matt M. And looking at the clock, if each of you could take two minutes, we will be perfect. DJ, star one to unmute. Matt M, are you ready? And we'll come back to DJ. Yes, here I am. Thank you. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Matt M from New Jersey. I just want to say, share about compassion, about boundaries. I never really, when I was in the food, I didn't really, um, really care about anybody else's boundaries. I was always overstepping them, whether it's physical boundaries or personal, personal space boundaries. 
I really didn't care about anybody else. I just wanted what I wanted. I would use people like Kleenex and throw them away. And I didn't care about that. Um, compassion, I thought I was the most happy-go-lucky, compassionate person in the world, but I really wasn't. I was selfish and self-centered to the extreme. And um, I regret a lot of that. But you know what? Regrets are another form of resentment. And, re- and, 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 and thinking, back, thinking back on over and over my life, that's another way of me causing myself resentments against myself. I can't go back and change the past. Those men can come back now and change the future. So I'm grateful just for today. I can make the choice that I don't have to be the way I was. I can just be the person I know my family and I know my higher power wants for me to be today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Matt M. Um, DJ, are you out there? Star One? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, I wanted to join in on this uh, recognition of our um, flaws and our character defects and step four. It it really is uh, the most valuable part for me other than putting down the food. And I recently had occasion to make uh, a direct amends to a friend, and it 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 illuminated what is just this global resentment and this revenge-seeking tendency that I have. My family has it. That's not my worry. The fact that we do it together is just too sad. But it's um, cutting people off if they, you know, if I feel that they reached a limit, uh, you know, an intolerable limit. What they've done to me is just too awful. And I, I want you to know that these are petty things. It's not that I haven't had hard things happen in my life, but these are these are petty things. These are, you know, border skirmishes or just, you know, oversensitive, getting your feelings hurt, getting your nose out of joint sort of thing. And these same people, you know, have been so close my whole life. And, you know, they've basically acted the same way, you know, throughout a lifetime, and I've managed to work around their defects and mine. And one day I'll wake up and that's it. You're, you know, off with your head. And um, I began to see how fully, how grotesquely hurtful that is. And the repercussions of it were very serious in some cases um, with teaching little kids to behave that way and and further this this tendency, which is so hurtful because the other person really has no idea what they've done wrong. So you inflict this massive hurt uh, and don't disclose, and you're, you know, not courageous, you're not forthright. You just, I'm just trying to inflict damage and revenge. And um, so I'm very grateful to get a chance to really excavate this character defect and um, see it in the global sense, which I hadn't actually been able to see till recently. And with that, I pass and thank you all. Thank you, DJ. And we have a minute left. If someone, oh nope, clock just turned. Okay, uh, <laughs> that is the end of our sharing portion for today. AG. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry, we just did run out. If you can hang on for the second unrecorded meeting, that would be wonderful. We have more meeting ahead. So uh, thank you to everyone who shared this morning. And please do join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And today's share ID is 10142. 10142 for today's meeting.
And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164. And will Leslie M. please read that for us? And we will be following that with the serenity prayer. Uh, good morning, Maura. Thank you so much for your service. This is Leslie M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come. Your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.